Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company in his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 33. In this episode, we've got an interview with Dylan and Jason from Black Forest Woodco. Now, if you're on Instagram, you probably recognize the names. These guys are the Canadian kings of slab and resin pours. And we've just been sitting back and watching their growth on Instagram in awe. Jason and Dylan really dove all in January 1st of 2017 with their content marketing strategy. After hitting 10,000 followers on Instagram in March of 2017, they have exploded to over 270,000 in a little less than a year. With the massive growth of their social following, their business has also hit a growth curve with additions to their retail, wholesale, their classes, and their custom work. Love it. This is a great episode, guys. But before we get into it, we do want to thank some of the new members that joined the MFP tribe over on Patreon. We have Luke Pitney, Chad Howell, Scott Rogan, Ken Schumacher, Tom McAllister, and John Thorburn. Thank you guys for joining. And they're going to get to enjoy all the benefits over there, the after show, as well as some of our reviews. You can go check that out at patreon.com forward slash made for profit if you want to join in and be part of that patron tribe. But without further ado, let's jump in and hear what Jason and Dylan have to say about all this growth on Instagram. All right, guys, we are here today with somebody. If you are at all on Instagram, you know about them. Black Forest Woodco. We are so excited. We've been talking about them on the show. We're glad to have them actually here. We've got Jason and Dylan from Black Forest Woodco. Guys, what is up? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, guys. Good to be on. Yeah, man, we are we are excited because, uh, you know, we've been talking Instagram. Obviously, that's one of the main topics on our show and watching y'all's account growth has just been amazing. And, and I know John and I have got some time to, to talk with you guys before. And we were like, you know, at the end of that conversation, we were like, we got to have these guys on the show because uh, they've got lots of good stuff to are. share with the audience. I know. And now and now we're here. So I, I think John's biting at the bit over there. Yeah, we're really excited to have you guys. I mean, we've both been admiring, and I think we've shouted you out a dozen times on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. We want people to see um, people that are winning and then, you know, take those examples that are out there and apply them to their own lives. Um, so we're really excited. We're going to be jumping into talking about um, not only growing your Instagram following, but converting how you guys uh, how you guys function there and, and a bunch of good stuff here. So so we're really pumped. Um yeah, so so I'll shut up and and let you guys get at it. But just to get started, you know, tell us a little bit about Black Forest because I think you guys are, uh, you know, you've been around for a long time, which Brad and I didn't know when we initially met. Yeah, and um and it's it's been impressive to watch your growth, and it seems like you're a new business, but that's not the case, huh? No, no, not at all, actually. So the the Black Forest has actually been around for about 25 years. Coming up on on May 26th, it's actually going to be our 25th anniversary. So we're, we're oh, that's my birthday. Oh, nice. There you go. That was yeah. Happy birthday, us. I turned 30, you turned 25. Yeah. John's going to be 25 meant, also. It was meant to be. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so it was it was 25 years ago. My um, It was my father, actually, Brad Thomas. He was the original founder of the business. And, you know, he didn't really, at the time, he didn't really have a lot besides the tools. Because, you know, my, my father's been an entrepreneur. He owned his first business when he was 18 years old. So he's always kind of had an aptitude for just going out and finding work for himself and making sure that he could eat, right? Like it was uh, a lot of the time it was about surviving for him. And then he, he really found a passion in building, you know, very high end, high quality pieces that people are going to appreciate. Also, he found, you know, a huge passion in bringing people value through means of education. So he founded the business and originally the focus was the solid wood doors. Like we manufacture all across Alberta, you know, even Canada, we're probably the one of the largest manufacturers of the custom solid wood doors. And that's kind of where it all began. And using that, we're, we were able to create a retail outlet by selling our recycled scraps. 
right? So that's kind of ah. how the two entities of our business got started because we do have the manufacturing division where you guys see us produce our doors and tables. And then we've got a whole nother side that, you know, a lot of people that aren't local don't get to see. And that's our retail where we sell band saws, lathes, table saws, finishes, you know, you name it pretty much anything woodworking related, even raw material, we've got it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the foundation for those two separate entities came mm -hmm. from. And in, and with that, it actually like with Brad wanting to bring knowledge to the people and especially yeah. the local people around Calgary, um, they actually created uh, between him and the other owner, they actually created uh, an educational facility that we still use to this day where we can offer uh, a huge amount of courses and classes that people come in on some weekday nights, some weekends. Um, sometimes it's a two or three day class. Sometimes it's a two or three hour class. Yeah. Like, like I, I teach pretty much every weekend. Jason's in there with me teaching too. Yeah. And it, it's actually a really big part of our business is yeah. the educational facility because it's, it's sort of our belief that, you know, by teaching someone, we, we kind of create not just a, you know, we're the supplier, they're a customer relationship. It's more of a partnership in where if they succeed, we succeed. So it, it's in our best interest, you know, to really focus and make sure that our customers are truly successful in what they do. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a local incubator, which is kind of the word that we use around here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that idea. And I've seen a lot of people doing this. Like when you look at the small time guys who are, who are woodworking and try to start the business is that uh, they look at, you know, how else can we get revenue? And not only, only how else can you get revenue, but how else can you benefit your customer? And I know you guys are huge on that. Uh, and so things like, well, if they're going to come here to buy their wood, uh, you know, what if we had stains and what if we had consumables? And then from there, you know, like I said, what if we had machines and kind of growing from that? So it's really cool to see when businesses can do that, because then you kind of become that one stop shop. Right. So it's if they need anything related to woodworking, I just head down to Black Forest. Right. So it's exactly. like you, you keep them away from the competitors and you keep them coming back. Uh, and then even to the point of training them that like, that's, that's a really great model. And I think there's a lot to take from that, that people can see, like, how else can you serve your customer and what are the other things that you can offer them? For sure. So it even helps that we're in a great location here in Calgary, right on one of the main routes. Yeah. We're right beside a farmer's market and literally about, you know, half a mile down the hill is Costco, Walmart, all the big places that you need to do your shopping. There's so, a Lamborghini dealership right across the street. Yeah, we're in a we're in a we're in a pretty good location. And uh, you know, our whole philosophy now, Dylan and I moving into the Instagram and social side of things is uh, you know, we want to get customers for life. So yes. we we believe if we can get even younger generations, but you know, just a wave of people coming in here, if we believe that if we can give them, you know, the proper customer service and give them a reason to want to come back every time they'll be customers for life. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like even like with like, we obviously we're huge manufacturers of, of live edge tables, you know, dining room tables, coffee tables, like that's how we make a good chunk of our money manufacturing. But if you're to come to our store, we have pretty much everything set up. So it is so easy for people to do it themselves. All of our slabs are uh, flattened and sanded. We've got the sandpaper. We've got the Osmo. There's the application tools. You can pretty much come in and chat with anyone and they'll spend like half an hour with you and walk you through how to do your project. So we really, really encourage, especially our local customers mm -hmm. um, to go out and do the show them that they can do these things themselves and that creating these beautiful pieces of furniture is not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. yeah. Love that, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it because it, um, so you got guys like myself who I do a lot of, um, you know, uh, custom work individually for clients. And then you see an operation like yours and it's so inspiring to to get all of the tangential aspects of the business. Like you said, start off doing high end doors and high end furniture. And then you move into selling the scraps and the scraps progresses into the tools to use the scraps. And then that progresses into the finishes that go into producing the scraps and turning it into furniture. And it becomes somewhat all encompassing. And as Brad stated, sort of a one stop shop. Um, I think the brilliance in that is uh, the fact that you capitalize on the education. Um, we see that the the market for marketers is uh, is moving a lot towards the educational aspect because the younger generations, like I know myself, for instance, I had uh, one year of shop in school. Like that's all that it, all the experience I got, and it's there's not as much out there that's uh, inspiring young people yeah. to get into the trades or get into producing stuff. So I feel like you guys, being young dudes, you know, you're putting this fire into something that um, doesn't get as much attention, and it's really really cool to see 
a traditional woodworking business doing something that's kind of new era with social media marketing and classes and such. So, well, that, so yeah, it's really no, it's, brilliant. it's, it's, it, that totally holds true. Even, even John and what we've seen are the amount of foot traffic coming through our store. Like typically, let's say three years ago, a lot of our, a lot of our customers were from the older generation and that was just the way it was for a long time. But now, especially since we've made this huge push on Instagram, there is so many guys between mine and Jason's age coming in saying, oh, I saw you guys on Instagram. I saw those slabs you just got in because, you know, it's a thing for us. We'll bring in large batches of slabs like little coffee table ones and they're gone within like two weeks. And we get all these young kids coming in. They'll buy a slab. They'll buy a can of Osmo, some sandpaper, and they, they go and make their own table. And they're so proud of it, too. Mm-hmm. And then they're coming back every week, like yeah. looking for more. Right. Yeah, groups of like 16-year-old kids will come in now just to look at the stuff we have and that we sell. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's really special for us. I mean, you guys probably get some of this being huge pages yourselves and influencers, you know, um, on your own pages. But we get a lot of people who message us and say, you know, you've inspired me to start mm-hmm. my own wood shop, you know. And so there's a guy in Australia that actually started up his own woodworking company. Um, the name escapes me cause it's only yeah. been like two weeks. <laughs> he actually messaged us like a week ago or two weeks ago and said, you guys, you boys have, what you guys are doing has inspired me to, you know, quit my day job, start a small business. I love working with reclaimed and recycled timbers. And now he's off doing that. So, um, it's humbling. Yeah. It's things like that, that they really show us that we're, we're making an impact in the way we want to. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's amazing. I love getting those DMs and emails and, and things like that. Those are definitely one of the biggest rewards for me um, as as you guys have gotten into it. When we watch you because I, I like the, you know, trying to connect back for the audience here. Uh, you know, Black Force Woodco been around for a long time. Um, Dylan, your dad is obviously an innovator, an entrepreneur, and so kind of ahead of the curve that way. But when um, and Dylan, you're what? 18 or 19? I'm 19. 19. I'm, I, I, turn, 19, I turned Jason, 20 in about two weeks. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you're young. Obviously, you've not uh, you know been around that much on there, but you've been on Instagram for a long time. But like, when did you guys come into Black Forest? Like, when when did Black Forest, the woodworking company, say, "Hey, we should get into this Instagram game"? And was that something you guys brought to the table? Like, kind of walk us through how you guys figured out, uh, you know, that yeah, this would be a good thing, and and you know how you started and how that went. Yeah, so that's kind of funny. Um, it was almost two years ago. It wasn't like the company sat down and said, you know, let's no. get on this. Um, it was probably two years ago. Dylan was still in high school. Yeah, like I, I've been working there since I was 14, pretty much summers and Saturdays yeah. and any days off. And then, Jay, you've been. It's been about three years since yeah. I've been here now. Um, and I remember, you know, I knew the power of, of social media and Instagram, but not on a level of having used it and, and experienced that powerful, you know, influence. I just especially knew, in a small business. especially in a small business, I just knew you know, we weren't really partners back then. We were just kind of employees that worked together. Now I trained them milling doors and we worked together back in the past and yeah. we worked well together. Yeah. And so one day I came into the office and looked up Brad and said, you know, I think Instagram would be a pretty cool thing for our company. And I didn't even have it. I just knew that a business like ours with so many different products and so many different services with colors and finishing and tools, all the things we've already mentioned in and this podcast. And we're passionate. And then you add the passion into it. Um, you know, it's really become kind of a newfound love and it's not necessarily just with the woodworking. It's also with the Instagram. There's a bit of an addiction there. And um, it, and that's kind of how it just got started with it. Um, yeah. and it, it kind of yeah. started as just, you know, we would post here and there a couple of, you know, we try and get five posts up a week or one every day or something. And it, it grew a little bit at first, but it was probably, probably about a year ago is when we kind of made that switch. And we jumped right all into it. Like in the beginning, you know, we were throwing up a post a day. We were trying to post, you know, at least five to seven times a week. But once we really made our focus on content and bringing our followers value, I would say that's when we saw the biggest shift in the way things were working. Yeah, it was once we went all in. And that's something that you have to do with Instagram and business if you want to be if you want to get really big, I guess, or if you want to find. I guess, uh, the most amount of, uh, conversion from, yeah. from Instagram or social to business, you know, and that's what we're finding. Yeah. So like when, when you guys said like, Hey, we're, we're going all in, like what, what was that mindset change? 
like when you were in the shop, did you start look? Because that was, I think, one thing that people really struggle with. And I hear it all the time because we, you know, we say, hey, look, if you're going to grow, like if you want to really grow on Instagram, you need to post consistently. And at a minimum, that's going to be one time a day. And we, you know, we try to get people to two and then people just lose their minds. I mean, obviously you're in a production shop, but at the same time, what was that shift you know, as, as you did that shift and said, okay, now I'm going to look at this from a content creator. You know, what, what were some of those things you started thinking about? You kind of have to, it's, it's almost like, you know, and this is someone that someone who's been inspirational to us that Gary Vee has said many times is that you really need to look at your business as a media company. Like when we, even when we get new jobs now, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, we got, it's like, man, can you imagine the content that we're going to like, think of the <laughs> pictures and videos that we're going to get from this. So we really, it, it's more about capturing your story and documenting the process and just being completely raw with it that we have seemed to find the Mm -hmm. most success. And even like, even sometimes, you know, we'll shoot a great big viral video and we'll go try and repeat it. We can never usually repeat something better than when it just happened the first time. So like just being ourselves, you know, being completely raw and just documenting everything yeah like just documenting almost absolutely everything we do like what dylan mentioned about the content now when we get new jobs now or when a new shipment of lumber comes in um you know for us all of that is content like how many that is so cool for us how many different stories when when we got a couple of logs coming in um when we got Mm -hmm. two or three tables on the go Mm -hmm. maybe a door we just know that we we have a way now that we can spin it where everyone or anybody would want to love to look at that or watch it and so now we just, we found a way where we can, uh, I guess where every project is content. And once like it took a while for that switch to flip too. like yeah. at first it was, it kind of became, okay, you know, anything can kind of be a picture and then it kind of turned into anything can go on the story and the, the posts are meant for high content, really good. And we, we just learned to get better. Every post we made, we wanted to do better on it tomorrow. Every day today, we just work harder for tomorrow. Yeah. So Um, you know, we usually review, like Dylan mentioned, we go back and we try to recreate some of our posts that went viral and we don't know whether sometimes we did it a little bit worse, whether we did it better and it just didn't catch at the right time. You know, there's a lot of things that go into the algorithms with uh, Instagram and when you make a post on the internet. So sometimes it's just a little bit of luck and, uh, sometimes it's a lot of luck. Yeah. Right. So, so, and John, jump in here. I know I'm, I'm hogging all the questions here. Uh, but but my, my last one before I let John actually get a breath in um, <laughs> is like when when. Um, so when was that? When did you guys make that switch and say, hey, yeah, we want to go all in? You said it was about a, about a year ago. Is that is it was that last right? last January? Yeah, last January. And how long did it take to build up until you started getting traction? We went from about 3000 followers this time last year or let's say February 1st of last year. Um, we went from 3000 to 10,000 by April 1st. So February, March, that's two months, really. Yeah. We went from three to, to 10 in two months flat. Yeah. And that was just because we were active. We were liking, we were engaging, we were learning. And and again, back to, we were becoming addicted. Yeah. We've kind of almost got to this point where, you know, it'll be hard to keep up as we grow, but where we're almost doubling every two months. Yeah. That's been a, a good rule. We've tried to actually really stick to. And we're still, we're still holding true to it even right now, you know, like, cause we, we look back, you know, I think it was December 4th that we hit our 100K and mm-hmm. now we're, we're closing in on 300 here and it's, you know, around the middle of February. So we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good at keeping that constant. And it's, we have not, the biggest thing is we have not let it slip with the content. No, not at all. We make sure that no matter what, it stays up consistently and that there should be some kind of continuity too. Like you want to have you know, one, it should appear as one voice. Like we've said before to you guys, there's, you don't know whether you're talking sometimes to Jason or to Dylan, right? Like you're not sure. And right. that's because we make sure that it's so consistent and just unified yep. on what we portray to everyone. So we actually have a third guy doing stories now and, yeah. and you guys probably won't even be able to tell whether it's either us or him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're really, like this continuity, we're trying to make it just as seamless as possible. Right. Yeah. I, I saw that right in the guitar shop. Is that is that the new addition? No, that's no, that's not even it. That's just that's actually um, my father. That's kind of what he focuses on a lot now. Is he wow. he has a passion for teaching people how to build guitars? Yeah, that's so, so cool. He he teaches that. Like he's always got a few students <laughs> going through, and they they build an acoustic guitar. And the funny thing is, right now the guy building his guitar is my wife's father. So yeah. it's actually my father in law who's in there working with Brad. So. 
So that's, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so uh, <laughs> so take us back to last uh, February, March, when you were uh, hammering through that first ten thousand follower mark. Um, what what specific changes were you making to um, to I guess your your growth strategy, as we'll call it? Um, everything you know, like like just take us through that process because I think a lot of our audience is in that like trying to go from. You know, a couple hundred to a thousand, then a thousand to five, then that like 10 and up jump can be uh, a long, long time and a crawl. So, so just give the, give us a little bit of the, how that journey went for you. Well, I, I think, I think right off the bat, especially initially, one thing we found that was really important was heavily engaging with other peers and people that, especially that you look up to in the similar industry. So it was like, I know you guys brought up Jeff Mack and it back on, you know, back February 30 a year ago, we only had like, like we said, 3000 followers. And he was, he was a big dog or like he had 200, 250,000 followers, whatever he had. So, you know, we would go, we would try and reach out to people on those forums, just be interactive, try and just make ourselves known and mm-hmm. noticed mm-hmm. that that was definitely really huge is just going out and spending an hour on your phone and commenting on a hundred posts and make sure, make sure it's unique. Like even say like to the people you know, I really, it was really fun for me to watch the process of this build. I'm, I'm so happy to see that this turned out because then that person knows that, oh, this isn't just, they're not just commenting, nice, beautiful, good job that you actually care. So, you know, we found doing things like that just to try and build these relationships exactly. really yeah. beneficial. That's the word I was waiting for. And I was going to jump in on is we, yeah, you know, kind of farming, farming these relationships. There's a few key words that only him and I have kind of really just put together, uh, you know, in the past year and farming and seeding and farming these relationships is one of them. Um, you know, it's not something, obviously we haven't created that term, but farming these relationships and, and making, you know, these initial plants and starting to reach out to these people. And then I guess continue, you know, continuing to, to, to keep up with these relationships as mm-hmm. we've gone on. Someone once told us, you know, one of the big guys, Canadian, uh, woodworks, um, they once told us that, you know, when you get to a certain size, it feels like a cult following, you know, it feels like people are waiting on every one of your moves, every yeah. post. And so once, you know, we wanted to get that way, we wanted to be that big. And so, you know, the relationships, um, a year ago, right back to your question, John, you know, right to the root of it, there was no story. Stories weren't really big back then. Um, you know, features on stories weren't really big. So it was no a live lot of streams back then. no live streams really a year ago, or they weren't really a thing. Yeah. So right. it was a lot of liking and commenting back to the roots, really right back to the basics on Instagram. And being the early innovators too, like mm. as, as soon as a new feature gets dropped or anything, we would always pounce on it right away. Yeah. You know, the day live streams come out, boom, we're on there doing a live stream. As soon as there's a new feature in the stories, we're on it. We're like, checking it out. Because especially too, like that's, we know that Instagram favors their new features, right? It's in their algorithm. They want to have those pushed to the top so they're successful. So using those can only benefit. So just having that knowledge, you know, if we would have even known that, had a deeper understanding of that mm. back then, like I, who knows the pace at what we could have grown yeah, at, for right? Sure. Yeah, that's something that we always talk about is uh, if there's something new out there, then jump on it because they love the early adopters. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna push that. Yeah, what's what what I love to hear from you guys um, right now is is uh, one your love for Gary V, but two going back to you know just like vintage marketing one hundred and one, like the ground and pound. If you ground want results, pound. you you got to put your hand in the dirt. Um, what's interesting, speaking of Gary V, is is about two months ago he came out with a with a blog article and I posted this to our Facebook page uh, two weeks ago and he calls it his $1.80 Instagram strategy and it's almost to a T exactly what you guys were doing um, when you when you were talking about it and I'm talking about going on, um, he, he uses the top nine concept for hashtagging but going on the pages um, that you admire, that you look up to, engaging, building community, starting conversations, answering questions, trying to farm or harvest uh, that audience over to your brand and um, really, really good stuff. And, and we've been suggesting this because we've a lot of our uh, audience has started to see their 
um, their following and their growth of their following kind of uh, veer off a little bit. And we were like, go back to basics, you know, make sure that you're still engaging and still doing that, which I noticed that you guys still haven't let fall, right? That is still a massive part of your brand. Absolutely. Even, you know, on, on every post we do, especially for the first hour, I, you know, we try and re- respond to every single comment, even if someone's just saying like, great work. I will, I will personally, you know, check out their profile. And if there's someone I've seen comment before, I will call them by name and say, you know, thanks, Dan. Like, I, I really appreciate you following along and being a devoted follower mm-hmm. means a lot. Yeah. You know, doing those, it doesn't take a lot of time to take those extra steps and make people feel special. And if you do that, they're going to just be a way more devoted follower yeah. to you in the end and build that really strong sense of community. Follower for life. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so, you know, something that's uh, super important with a business like yourselves is like you guys aren't just trying to grow your Instagram following for the sake of growing it, right? Um, why don't you talk a little bit about how growing this sort of tribe type following that you're talking about has led to growth for Black Forest um, and not just in as numbers on social kind of sense. Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, when you talk about the tribe and I like that word too, because we're trying to find like-minded people. Like when we were just starting out and we were small, of course, we were trying to find like-minded woodworkers or clientele who would be apt to watch those types of videos and look at those posts that were interested in those things. And, uh, you know, at the beginning it was pretty tough. It took a long time for us to start to see any kind of monetary value. And, and it was, yeah, in the beginning, you know, it would be really small stuff. Like I'd, I'd take a picture of a $40 piece of wood that I knew a specific knife maker might like. And he'd say, okay, sure, I'll go for it. And it's like, oh, yay, we sold a piece of wood on Instagram. Like, so what? But once we really started, like going back to it, building the relationships with people and having people actually care and be interested, we we noticed, especially like, I think a big one for us was these slabs. Like hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest, like when we bring in these coffee table slabs, we promote them in such a way that we're getting people excited to be able to build their own coffee tables, you know, looking to do it themselves, just getting people really excited. And when we release them, like they're almost gone instantly. Yeah. Like it's really about a week or two weeks that it'll take us to like a hundred slabs. So it's funny, you know, we're not business guys. Neither yeah. of us have degrees and D- Dylan's barely old enough to have not even, he can't even have a degree at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's funny because we're both very kind of business oriented. Like we mm-hmm. like to push the, like what we're doing for Instagram, everything is for the better of the business. Like everything that we do, every yeah. decision we make, everything kind of, we get put in charge of, we're always, sorry, everything we get in charge of, we're, uh, you know, we're always, um, I guess looking for the betterment of the business. So, you know, every little bit of it, we get a little bit more rain and we take it to the next level. And that's kind of what it's also about too, is taking it to the next level. But, um, you know, starting to get people walking through here, paying for stuff, coming back that lifelong customer, uh, and then shipping stuff. Once we started shipping things out of our province or even out into different cities, then it started to become a real big, kind of part of the drive of getting, you know, bringing jobs, bringing content, bringing projects in. And it was actually funny too, that the more we focused instead of on really just selling things, but actually providing value to our followers, the more the sales went up. Like if we would post on there, Oh, we got these new slabs, come buy them. Like that, you know, just only focusing on our, how we're going to benefit. Like people should come buy them. If we promote them in a way, Here's this slab. Watch, I'm going to show you how to remove the bark. I'm going to teach you this the sanding and finishing process. Mm-hmm. Now, when the slabs show up, you know how to make it beautiful like I've shown you. And then they come in and buy it. So we've we've had way more success by actually just providing the value to our customers instead of just focusing on sales, yeah. you know? And that goes yeah. right back to our whole philosophy. And, uh, you know, right from the very beginning of whenever Brad started it, the yeah. value and bringing value to people. Yeah. That's huge. I, mean, I think that falls in right. Something that John and I talk about a lot uh, is, is the content ink strategy. And it's basically of educating people versus, you know, that sale. It's like exactly what you just guys, what you guys just said is that here's how to deal with this. Here's how that you can do. It. Here's how we do it. And by the way, you can do it, too. And so as people digest this, uh, it's not just this beauty thing and you pushing on them. They, they're learning and they're like you're saying, like those kids that come in, they're like, 
I, yeah, this looks awesome. And I think I could do that. Like I see these guys doing it and yeah, like, Hey, Dylan's like 19. I mean, I know his dad, you know, owned the woodworking shop for his whole life or whatever, but you know, still like this is a young guy doing it. And then there's that relation. And, uh, anytime that you can put out content that shows people how to use your products, it's always going to be more advantageous. And I just love how you guys have converted that. Did you see, uh, did you guys start shipping out of the province and everything was that in in relation to requests Uh, like were you just getting that from instagram like how did that how did you start realizing that this is a sales channel and like you know what did you do to to kind of stoke the fire there as well well the biggest thing like we've you know especially like we've like we said it's been about a year that we've really been pushing things and we would get the odd you know table sale here and there from instagram like most of them were just in canada but when we've really what happened to us is back around the end of December, we got one of our resin pour videos reposted on on Facebook actually by a large page. And that video has almost 100 million views at this point. So nice. And a million shares. And a mil- Yeah. Yeah. And, and a million shares. So in about the space of, I don't know, a couple of weeks, we had literally hundreds of serious inquiries just flooding our emails. So Pretty quickly, we figured out how to ship things. We got in contact with our broker. We work with a proper crating company now that we don't even have to do our own crates in-house. Yep. So it, it definitely was the Instagram that created the demand for this this service that we have of shipping things internationally now. Like we're in, in April here, Jason and I are going to be flying down to Dallas. We're actually going to be hand, you know delivering a conference table to a 13th floor of an office building mm-hmm. in downtown Dallas. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Directly from Instagram. Yeah, so that's nice. cool. Um, yeah. We actually made two two tables for Holt Renfrew, which is a very very high end uh, designer clothing place yeah. up here in Canada. We actually sent one to Vancouver, one to Toronto, and Dylan went and installed one in Vancouver. So, you know, the fa- the kind of the owner of the perfume company that all these uh, that the tables are going to be on, or that that that's on top of the tables at the Holt, these Holt Renfrews. Um, yeah, they he actually found us himself and requested that Holt Renfrew come to us. And, you know, there was kind of a perception. We started getting into some higher clientele, higher end clientele. And that really started to make a big difference, mm-hmm. too, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that what happens is when you guys are doing as much educational content as you are and that you're putting your process out there, what you do is you create a subconscious um, belief and a subconscious trust in your audience and in your customers. So they look to you guys as experts. What they what happens is they look to you um, as the the guy or, you know, the girl or whomever, uh, the person who they want their products made by. Um, and, And most most people don't realize this by giving education and it's kind of the part of um sales to education the balance there when it comes to producing content a lot of people think you know how can you convert somebody that is a woodworker and is a fan of your um page into a client i think what you guys do with your you know vast array of products nails that specifically but on the other end of it it's someone who looks at woodworking as a hobbyist they understand you know what wood species are, they understand finishes, they understand high-end joinery, but they don't do it specifically. They are looking to businesses that are doing it as the ones they want to buy from. Um, and I think it's great that you guys show that stuff. And I think it's why you're seeing such success. Um, we, we preach it to our audience all the time is, you know, show the behind the scenes, show what's going on in your shop on a daily basis. If you're doing some intricate joinery, make sure that that's a focal point in your content. Um, this is what builds trust with your followers. Even if they are woodworkers, um, you might find that one. And I know Brad has a relationship with a brand just based on something similar. Someone was watching like a live video and they, they hit him up and was like, Hey, you know, we love your live videos. We'd love to work together. Uh, and, and that all that does is come from producing content around uh, building community and providing value and education. I love seeing that massive conversion for, for an audience like yours and it's something so brilliant as doing these, you know, ridiculously huge projects that you could never see coming, but you're just out there grounding, uh, excuse me, out there pounding the pavement, putting out uh, awesome educational content and not looking for an immediate reward, but knowing long term it's going to pay off. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like, go, go no. for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the word, uh, John, that you used, I like a lot was the trust. And one big thing that's really popular, just, I guess, um, let's say in having something as specific as a door or table where like an investment kind of piece of furniture that you're getting made, people want to know the why. 
Yeah. They want to know the story behind it and not necessarily the story behind the piece of wood. I mean, maybe that's part of it, but we're doing a job for a, a, a firm here in Calgary and they're getting like seven or eight big boardrooms, you know, a lot of tables done by us. Yeah. And we're actually using the largest salvaged black walnut log in Canada. It's 16 feet long. But the thing is they want every one of their tables made from the same tree. And we're able to give oh, them that. Nice. We're actually able to give them a picture of the tree from the arborist. We well, have the, the standing. Yeah. We have a story from this arborist. And this this tree was from Ontario in Canada. And we're able to tell this, like they want a plaque made up with the story and they can hang it in their office. So it's just like you see on T-shirts these days with, you know, established or where they're located. A lot of, lo- you know, the local and region and even you know, being proud of your country and where you come yeah. from. That's a big part of it. So everything we make here, most of it is completely Canadian made. Our legs are made here. Our glass for river tables, our ecopoxy is made yeah. in Canada. And that's like people, we've just really found that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And there's even a good example, Jason, I know you were talking to, uh, she was talking to a lady recently about a door that we might be sending down to Wisconsin. That's right. And she got a quote from someone in Miami for the same door that we're quoting. And we were thousands of dollars more than the other person, but they are still deciding to proceed and, you know, look in the direction of having us do their door because of how passionate we are and because they like why we do what we do and the story that goes behind it. Yeah, I love that. It's not what you do. It's why you do it. Like, I, I love that, uh, that line, because I think that is that as somebody, when somebody does business with you or your company, um, they're, it's not just a transaction, right? Like woodworking, anything custom made is not a commodity. Uh, it is, you know, it's, it's a relationship and it is a transaction that is more than just a barter for goods. Like, you know, knowing that story and especially in custom high end, you know, the higher end, the, I think the more that's even prevalent, like, you know, cutting boards, yeah, you know, maybe not so, so much, but even though you can, if you're in the high end, high end stuff, but, uh, as you get in there you can tell the story that I think people like that. And that's why people like, uh, and expand, you know, what John does and reclaim wood, like people want to be able to say, oh yeah, like these timbers came out of a, a barn that was built in the 1800s down in Kentucky, you know, and it used to be an old tobacco barn or like whatever it is like that, you know, people love because then what happens is they're having people over, like if it's a business, you know, maybe they're doing a deal and they're talking to somebody, oh, hey, I love your tail. Oh yeah, this actually came out of, you know, Canada and here's, let me show you the whole story, right? People are going to be taking their customers, that, that company is going to be taking their customers and showing that off and talking about those tables and showing them the plaque. Like there's a story behind that. And, and I think that's a great takeaway that a lot of people miss is like, what's that story for your business and how do you get people bought into that? Uh, because that's, that's a huge differentiator. We always talk about differentiating yourself from the competition and that's uh, an awesome way to do it. I, yeah. I just, I love so, that I mean, when, when, when you buy something from the black forest, if you come in and purchase like a, let's say a dining room table and, and it's, let's say a, a fairly nice one and it's going to take, you know, a couple of weeks to make, you know, some people are really quite happy that they can watch every single step mm-hmm. of this table being made online. And we promise we will do that for them. Everyone. You know, it's like uh, if you were to buy a Porsche, you can actually go to Germany and watch parts of it being made and test drive that. So, you know, we tried to take something that uh, like a really nice, beautiful product that they will have for the rest of their lives. And we can show them exactly how it was made and give them that story. Yeah. And they can hop on, you know. We have maybe there's another level we can still take this to, but mm-hmm. that's all we're trying to do is take what we do and go to the next level every time we do it. So yeah. that was kind of a cool feature. And every time we mention it to people, you know, that's a really cool thing. Like some guy from Atlanta, Georgia flew up a few weeks ago to sit here in our office with Dylan and design his own table. And you better believe he's going to get it, you know, a pretty cool video <laughs> of, of the entire thing being made. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I found uh, it's it's a great experience with the customer and my own end when I'm able to produce a piece of content around their custom piece. Um, you know, they love sharing that with their friends. They love sharing it with their family. They love showing off to whomever they might be around. And I'll notice that like I'll have a, an Instagram post that gets reshared on Facebook or something, and I'm tagged in it. And it's like I cannot wait for my you know custom dining table to be ready. You know, I absolutely love seeing John Malecki, Blah 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 blah. And just that benefit of them being able to connect with the process 
process that now becomes a staple in their life. Um, I love building. I love building dining tables specifically. One because I'm a I'm chubby and I love food. But two, on top of it is uh, the experiences that happen around somewhere like that, somewhere that your your family gathers during the holidays or whatever it might be. Uh, you have memories made in those areas, and I think adding that little bit of an addition, as you said, with being able to tell the story of that piece, um, something that kind of fell on our generations in and being that, you know, <laughs> furniture kind of lost its uh, value of quality for a while there with some of the brands that came out and you can put everything together that comes in a box and, you know, people just wanted things to look good. And now we're getting back to people wanting staple heirloom type uh, stuff that, you know, now you can tell the story of where that piece came. You can remember that, you know, amazing experience you had on so-and-so's birthday at it. And you're part of the whole process all the way up until you're no longer using it. Um, that's a brilliant, brilliant way to subconsciously market. Uh, I just, I just actually finished a book called the story brand, um, where they talk about literally this exact thing and how it can apply to any brand. I think a lot of woodworkers and furniture makers, we all see the value because we create in the process, but it's uh, very, very difficult to show that off and make it look pretty, um, in your head until you actually do it, which is what you guys do on a daily basis. And then you're like, wow, this stuff is really cool. Like Eve, you know, Brad has a, uh, Brad had a <laughs> piece of Instagram content go viral this summer where he was just pulling the dried glue off of a brush. <laughs> right. But like, yes. what a, what a minute little part of the process that we're so used to that he was just showcased that every woodworker laughed at and that other people found to be, you know, something cool to watch and yeah. oddly satisfying. Yeah. And it was satisfying. oddly satisfying. <laughs> but like those little parts of the story are so cool. Um, and I love how you guys are telling it, you know, moving into that next phase of how, how marketing actually works. You know, a lot of people don't really see the time value in, uh, in, in doing any type of marketing. It's very hard to quantify numerically with data and metrics how valuable your marketing process can be. Um, you know, from your guys' experience, there is two of you, now three of you, uh, cranking out this amazing content. Uh, and obviously, you see the value of the time you invest there. Why don't you talk a little bit on, um, you know, how you started to see rewards from your your time invested? Because you told Brad and I behind the scenes, you know, you guys are you guys are planning and doing this stuff every single day after hours too, right? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it was probably really what what started to to be to show for us is to see that like it used to be the guys in the back shop the huge focus would they'd always be building doors you know that that's what they did and if there wasn't doors to build well then there was no guys in the back shop they they could go home because there was nothing to do but maybe a cleanup day or maybe something. a cleanup yeah. or you know something like that but it, it that was sort of that was it now what we've done is we've we've almost created this whole new section of the business where with in terms of the tables and the resin art and all that where there is so much work to be done back there that those guys never never have to worry about a time where it's oh it's slow what are we going to do next so really just the Instagram allowed our manufacturing to really just get streamlined and have the constant steady flow of work coming in and that also allows us really good opportunities to create lots of content too, mm -hmm. right? Because if things are, when things are slow in the back, things are usually slow on Instagram too, because we don't have a lot of content to create, yeah. right? So as things got really busy, like yeah. this past, uh, let's say 2018 so far, you know, we've had a really busy year online and with all the inquiries, like we mentioned from yeah. uh, these viral videos, you know, Dylan and I have to spend so much more time just in here dealing with those things. So out back, we have less time to be out back, yeah. whether it's, you know, creating content or physically working on projects, because that's we, we do a lot of the work, oh, too, yeah. right? So what's been challenging this year is all the guys in the back who build doors now have to be trained. And we've had to train them, kind of work with them to learn how to use epoxy, how to make tables, how to sand properly, how to you know, um, put all those things on, get them crated and get them shipped out. So there's a small, not that it's an immense amount of work. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into building a really high end custom door. There's a lot less work that goes into putting, uh, you know, making a table just because it's more of a slab yeah. for the most part, but there's still a learning curve. And so we've had to really work with them a lot. And once we get that going mainstream, they'll, yeah, like Dylan said, they'll never run out of work now. And, yeah. and the focus is always on, creating content and finding more work for yourselves. That's kind of part of it. And I know another 
sort of a different area of the business that really, really hugely benefited from Instagram is the whole, our retail side of selling resin like that. We didn't even sell like a year and a half or two years ago. We didn't even sell epoxy. It's not something that we had in our store. We brought on this, this line Ecopoxy and it's really humbling almost what we've done and created with this resin. Like it is truly now at the point where it's like a global trend. Like just over the weekend, I was out in the mountains on vacation and I was pulling out of my hotel and someone else staying in the same hotel had sitting in their windowsill, a four liter kit of Ecopoxy and some blue dye (laughs) that they probably picked up and bought at our store the day before. From seeing our video. From seeing our video, all from this one thing that we have created we've it's like a whole new direction for almost our whole industry Mm -hmm. with the whole resin thing at least yeah i I love that that's and then that you know resin is so hot right now it's like going zoolander on you uh but yeah i I think it it is really cool to see how that translates and how uh you know something can catch fire that now you see a lot of a lot of uh, accounts doing it and like the resin pour, like I said, it's just like because it's just like so visual, right? Especially like when you have those the glitters and the things in there that it's just it's just something visually mesmerizing, especially when it was new. And, you know, like anything else, it's it's eventually going to go out of fashion. But uh, when it's new and you're like, oh, like I've never seen these materials interact like that. Uh, and I've never seen these types of dyes and these types of things. I think that's what really pulls people in. And, and you guys are taking great advantage of it. So, you know, that's awesome. But wh- one thing I think John was trying to get at it is like, especially, you know, not necessarily now, but like in between your, let's say, 10 and 50,000 or either even 3,000 to 10,000 jump, how much time? And I know you have two people, so it's a little bit easier. How much time? would you say a day or a week or whatever did you commit to Instagram? Cause I know you talked about all in, but I think that's a, you know, a little bit more nebulous, but I know when we talked and I know what I was, what I've done in the past to, to help grow mine when I was really on it. Um, you know, I just, I want people to get a feel of what this actually means of like how much time you guys are actually putting in on this. Well, <clears throat> that's a good question, Brad. Um, it's, it's really hard to, to <laughs> it's really hard to figure out how much, we both have personal accounts and I don't think we're ever on there. No. Uh, I would say outside of work. I would say outside of work in the last 12 months, I'm, it's pretty easy to say Dylan and I have each spent about 200 hours. Even more. You know, and that's just outside of work. You got to think when we're at work, it's maybe four, three to four hours is really Instagram focused out of our eight to 10 hour day. Yeah. Maybe close. Yeah. So close to half of it is Instagram focused. And then at night, you know, we're sitting there for you know, even if we're not on there, I know pretty much the whole night, honestly, that's where my brain is. Yeah. I'm checking the comments. I'm replying to comments. I'm editing videos for tomorrow or the next day. Like it, it's really almost like a full-time thing. Yeah, we're honestly, watch, we watch social blade. We try to figure out maybe what we did today that we could have done better Yeah, and how to do that tomorrow. Yeah. My like, we're always thinking we're always on we're it. Yeah. Always, right. pretty and, much. Yeah, exactly. Like if, and, and it's basically 24 seven, right? I mean, yeah. like it's that, and I know that sometimes it, there's a fine line and I think that, um, you know, you're doing it for your business and you're doing it to grow your business. And, and so that's, you know, different. I know, you know, a lot of people can get just sucked into the, you know, watching cat videos and, and that kind of stuff, but like going in and replying to those comments and being active, uh, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, like you guys to get to where you're at. I mean, it is a full time job in its own right that as a, you know, if you were to hire somebody on as a social media marketer for your business, they would probably do less than what you're doing just because of the nature of what you're doing after hours. Right. If they're like, OK, oh, yeah. we want you to be our social media marketer from nine to five. Um, you know, that you guys are doing that and that you're present because it's also about uh, it's it's not the just dump and run. It's that replying to comments. And that's something, you know, that I still do. And sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I like I'll get caught up in it and I'll be replying to a comment when I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, what did you just say? I was like responding to John. He just like made a crack about, you know, my last uh, project. <laughs> yeah. And that gets hard, too. It, it gets hard, you know, wanting to answer everything, uh, even even some of the silly questions that might have been answered 10 times before it. Um, <laughs> but we try to like as much as we can. We try we try our best to answer as much. We even mentioned, you know, on our live streams that we try to get to all those things and that we're thankful for all those yeah. comments and messages. Um, it helps now that we do have a third person helping out. But the big thing is that if you were to hire a social media marketer, what if they're not 
a woodworker? What if they don't know how to answer the questions the way that we do? You know, um, we can sit here and talk about our jobs and what we do on a day to day basis. And, and, and we can be so passionate about it for hours on hours, yeah. just like what we're doing with you guys now. But, yeah. but it definitely like, you got to know what you're talking about to answer these people. Because if you just go and hire someone, like, let's say if someone has a technical question about a product or a post that you're doing and your social media marketer's standard response is, oh, you can send an email to this person if you'd like that. Like that just doesn't, people aren't going to want to engage if that's the response they think they get every time. Mm -hmm. By us replying to every single comment, people probably comment expecting a response. They think, oh, it's the Black Forest. They respond to everything. I sure I'll say something because I'll probably hear back from them. And same with DMs. Like if someone messages us. So this morning, for example, somebody, we had four or five messages about cutting boards because yesterday we put some cutting boards on our story. So today we had a couple of messages about those saying, hey, they're not online, but we don't put our cutting boards online because they just move so fast in the store in the store. So and we have so many we're always making with our recycling program that we have. So, for example, what I did is, you know, we go out there and we actually go into that DM and we'll send them pictures or videos and talk them through and say, hey, if you still want to continue, if you're still interested in this, please, you know, let's continue to talk. But here we actually have sold things and slabs to people where we'll send them a picture of the whole slab. Dylan will take a video with me standing beside it and we'll say this one crack here. You know, this side's the nice side. Like, we'll we'll make it really personal for all of our followers and customers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it takes. I mean, I think a lot of people like, you know, I mean, so obviously that's what it takes to get to the growth that you guys are at in, in our, you know, space that, you know, you guys are on a, on a track that just with a lot of things coming together, I think your commitment plus, you know, obviously the resin kind of craze that came through and just like, I think it's a great thing to look at and go, uh, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, the only way you can get that many followers is by buying them, which is ridiculous. But it's like, there's the algorithms. And as you, as you hit something that's, you know, quote unquote viral content, but that's not good enough alone. Because I know, I also know a lot of people who have had a video that have gone, you know, that a small channel that might have 5,000 followers and they might have a hundred or 200,000 views. And then that's it. Uh, and that's because, you know, like with your, your intersection is like, the skill plus the passion plus the time commitment, then you add in that good piece of content. And then that's just how, how you guys have exploded. So I think that, you know, just trying to, trying to bring that together for the audience is like, how how are these guys doing this? I mean, it's, it, it is not an easy thing to do. And I think it's just a lot of things coming together all at the right time. Yeah, for sure. What it's really done, you know, outside of, I guess, bringing, bringing more work and clients is it's really created, um, like a a really good team vibe, our identity and our culture. Like we have this huge identity with our business now, at least we feel from where we were a year and a half ago or even a year ago. The whole Um, environment here for all of the employees, I would say is very different than what it was pre Instagram. Yeah. People enjoy coming to work. You know, we have a a group of young dudes that work out back. We love coming to work on Monday morning. Mondays are awesome. Like, you know, we're stoked for a Monday, you know, we can't wait to get in the shop and get half our guys work on Saturdays. And, you know, Brad, the owner is usually here five days a week, longer than anybody and on Saturdays and Sundays. So we have just like, I guess this, uh, this, I don't know. We, we just never want to end. We never want to go home. There's not enough time in the run of one day to finish what we do where there's always things left undone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep on doing it and tomorrow we'll try to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's basically, uh, my life. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) I, 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 I pick my head up and realize, you know, it's, it's midnight and I'm like, oh, I should probably go home at some point, you know, bathe and start over again. But when you can get to a point where you're enjoying what you're doing on the daily, you get up, you're fired up. I know Brad and I were super fired up. We had a little hiccup last night with the website. We'll throw it out there. And I was, I was not in a good mood, but we both woke up this morning and we're like super pumped because we knew we were having you guys on. We got a bunch of stuff done today. We're like excited when you can get to that point. Um, in life, I think that that's where you feel extremely fulfilled. And I think that's the bright side of building community and engaging. Um, a lot of what happens in woodworking is it can be very lonely. Like I, you know, for years worked by myself 
in a shop with nobody around and my headphones in was, and you know, my only engagement with the outside world was basically on social media. Um, if you could, if you start to see the value in a tribe and the value in an audience, you can really start to get excited about what you're doing a lot more than just physically making something, but because other people are bought into what you're doing. And I think you guys are nailing that with what you're doing at Black Forest just by, you know, this, this massive growth cycle, but not, not, not even the, uh, numbers that go with it. It's the way that you're doing it. It's the engagement. It's the DMs. It's all the little things that go into it that help. Um, really awesome stuff. That really just, you know, what you said there, John, really ties back into how people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. We try and have that strong sense of why, you know, consistent through everyone here. We want all the guys to feel the same thing so that you know, any, any time that there is, let's say something that comes up on your, in your business or some, some kind of scenario where it, there's a decision that has to be made. If everyone has the same clear sense of why everyone should be able to make that same decision in your organization, as long as that's there. So using Instagram, we've really been able to personify that mm-hmm. to all of our guys here <laughs> and make it just clearly evident and have it be something that runs through everyone and not yeah. just felt by us, you know? And as two young guys who have no business background at all, you know, it's allowed us to really have goals yeah. for the business. And it's allowed us to really um, like we're goal oriented guys. You know, when we started, mm-hmm. we we always said we wanted to hit a hundred thousand to mm-hmm. We always said we wanted to hit four or 500,000. And, and I think that, you know, we will get there. So yeah. setting goals and then setting business goals and reaching for those things and keeping everyone yeah. with the same identity and having that culture, it's really turned around the way that this business operates and the way that people come to work, you know, every day ready to go. And it's just changed our lives, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Love it. I love it. So um, as Brad kind of alluded to um, before we got into the show, you know, as we get closer to the end, we like to we like to, to pick the brain on a little bit more of the uh, like di- directives, I guess. I, don't know, I guess that could be a word that we use there. But, uh, you know, do you guys have any uh, tips, tricks, advice, um, things that you'd be uh, willing to give our audience? Anything from business growth to social media growth to audience growth to building a tribe to all the amazing things you guys are doing? I, I think definitely – Going back, one of the main one of the main points that we brought up is the really the importance of farming and those relationships. That's something that is always been a huge focus for us is building and farming those relationships and all while just being yourselves, like just being raw and true and stick to what you believe in and don't falter from that. You know, if you're out there and you're trying to bring as much value to people as you possibly can, if you're being yourself and you're building those relationships and you're putting out, finally, if you're doing all those and then you're putting out good content, people are going to want to come and people are going to feel a connection with what you're doing and what you're putting out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all those little things, right? Um, you know, and it goes, I know, John, earlier you mentioned, you know, it's, it becomes kind of like a lifestyle. You know, if, if you start your day off, you know, with a cup of warm coffee and you got a nice smile and you're turning on the radio and if you're in a good mood, every little, you know, good habit will trickle down and um, that'll go right into your Instagram kind of part of it as well or your business or, you know, that'll just follow your entire life wherever you go. You and know? I think don't be afraid too. like, yeah. that's a huge thing too. Like we get lots of people who message us and they're like, oh, do you guys think I should post this like this way? Should I do this many posts or is that too much? Is it too little? And most of the time we have a pretty similar response. We say, try it, like do it. You can see the insights. You can put up your post and look at your insights and say, oh, this one really worked for me. Oh, well, I did this one and it really flopped. It didn't get that many likes. So that's what's really forgiving about this marketing platform is it's it's not like we're taking out a big ad in a billboard and if it sucks, well, then you wasted it, you know, because you've bought that space. It's <clears throat> you put it up. It doesn't do good. Well, then mm-hmm. an hour later, you put up something new. Like it's really forgiving yeah. that aspect. And I just want to encourage anybody who's, who's listening or who will listen to this, that you don't have to, there's no, there's nothing special about us. No. Like either you don't have to be, you know, working at a bigger business. You know, there's only about 11 people who work here. Now that's bigger than most, I guess, people in our kind of industry. However, you know, you could, you could create good content with a, you know, piece of, gum if you needed to it's just a matter of getting out there and doing it the like doing it the right way and putting that hard work in and trying to do better every time you post every time you uh 
every time you think of doing it, just yeah. try to be better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would encourage anybody to get out there and do it. There's nothing special, like I, I was saying about us. We're we always couple, call ourselves a couple of losers. We're just a couple of losers in a wood shop, man. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm 30, he's 20. There's nothing special about us. You know, we don't have hundreds of years of experience behind us. We're not business oriented. Um, we just love doing what we do and we're trying to do it the best. Love it. Yeah, that is that is an awesome way to kind of cap up what you guys are about. And I think that that would go a long way to to the audience. And, and one of the three lines that I think we see, uh, you know, as we start bringing people on and we interview folks like you guys uh, is just just the passion. And you guys are clearly extremely passionate and extremely bought into what you're doing and you believe in it. And, you know, that among everything else uh, is going to take you there because, uh, you know, the other thing and we didn't really hit on it, but I know that, you know, failure is is obviously a part of the business, too. And when you have when you're grounded in that passion that that keeps you going and it keeps you excited to try new things. And when the stuff doesn't work, you just, you know, kind of wipe it off your shoulder and, and keep going. So love those pieces of comment. We, we use our failures as just almost like a stepping stone to, yep. to improvement. Like we, we always really try and reflect whenever we have something that didn't work out and really focus on how we can use that as a positive to bring ourselves value. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, every, every mistake we do is, is kind of just, um, it's a learning curve. Yeah. It's, it's just a way, like you said, we reflect upon it, but it, you know, you can't learn anything new unless you're kind of making tiny little mistakes here and there, as long as you try not to make the same mistakes again, you know, uh, that, that hopefully you're on the right track. Yeah. I love it guys, man. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's great to talk to you guys again and, uh, really glad that we met you and we look forward to continuing the conversation and watching you guys grow. So thank you for coming on the show, John, anything else? Now, I really appreciate having you guys on. It's been an awesome conversation. I have probably uh, 16 pages of notes over here that I can't <laughs> wait to go through. Um, <laughs> if you guys are wondering what I've been doing this whole time, that's what I'm doing here. Um, just I, I love I love seeing um, the persistence. I love seeing the build of culture as well. I think that's something that's kind of uh, different than what we've done in other videos, Brad, is that the culture uh, change in your entire shop coming from the massive Instagram growth and the popularity that you guys are gaining um, has really helped your your business uh Overall, I, I love that aspect of it. I'm a big team sports guy. I'm a big team guy. Love seeing love seeing that kind of trickle down effect. Like you said, the guys all the way in the yard too. Your your dad's now you know uh, has the, the phone in his hand shooting video of him making guitars, which is his passion in life. So absolutely love every aspect of it. Really do appreciate you guys coming on, um, and I look forward to seeing your your ridiculous growth cycle continue to go through the roof um, as I, as I try to follow along and and, and uh, you know get better myself with you guys inspiring the whole community. Just thank you guys. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It was really a pleasure to be able to do this and share this part of our story with you guys. Absolutely. Awesome guys with you guys. Thanks for coming on the show and we'll, we'll hit you on the Instagrams. All right. We'll do it. We'll be answering. (laughs) All right. See you guys. See you guys. See you later. John, those guys completely are killing it. And I love just hearing the passion in their voices. It was like, you know, they couldn't wait to talk. They're like fighting over each other to, to talk and say how passionate they are. Man, what were some of the what were some of the things that you took away from the conversation? Well, first thing, just like you said, the passion that those two have, um, it, it's absurdly contagious. I mean, I'm over here frothing at the mouth to go uh, out out in my shop and crush it. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. I love their focus on one, building community and uh, and two, educating the market. I think that their uh, constant concept of providing value is something that um, you know we try to focus on here at Made for Profit and so do we both with our personal brands and that a lot of successful brands are doing as well. I love seeing them doing it successfully in the woodworking and maker space as a lot of us struggle um, and, and I think that they you know, shine a bright light on the positive side of things. And it was an, an amazing, amazing interview that I, that I absolutely had a blast to do. Love it, man. I, and it is, I, th- I think there's a lot of good takeaways there. And that if you go back and listen to, I think the number one thing is just the commitment and what it takes. Yeah. You see these guys and what it takes to really do that. And, you know, just going, 
you know, I know we already talked about April and her going all in, but these guys on the Instagram front, I mean, it's just in, in any part of your business, when you dedicate yourself fully to it, it's going to grow. And these guys are just a, an awesome example of it. And it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt to have amazing resin pours either. I mean, that you know, that's that's always a good thing. Yeah. I mean, them finding the fact that their uh, resin port concept of their business is visually intriguing and beautiful. It's brought new eyeballs on what they've done. Um, all of us have those aspects in our process. It's just up to us to find them and make them look as good as Black Forest has made theirs look. So um, congrats to those guys on all their success. Great interview. Uh, loved having them on. Hopefully we can revisit them in a couple months when they hit a million because their goal for the year is... Uh, <laughs> is to get to a million by January 1, 2019. So good luck with that, guys, and thanks. They'll get there. They will get there for sure. Well, that was awesome, and now we're going to go into our after show for our patrons. Uh, Again, if you want to join in on that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit and join over there. We also have a Facebook group. We have two Facebook groups. If you're not joined already to the Made for Profit tribe, that is uh, the Facebook group that's open to all of our listeners, and uh, our Made for Profit patron group, is just for our patrons where we really go deep there. So you can go check both of those out. Uh, But yeah, man, let's go hit this after show, John. Let's crush it. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks so once again we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode